Welcome back to TRB. That is the Resistance Broadcast. Thank you so much to everybody for joining us today. I'm John. Good to see everybody. Uh, I don't really see you. I'm looking at a camera, but I'm pretending I'm looking at you. It's probably what... Mr. Rogers probably had a weird time because he's like, he really was talking to us, but he wasn't. No, he's so genuine. He meant it. Yeah. No, I know, but it's had to have been tough. It's like when I'm doing Bad Batch reaction show. I'm like, what's up, guys? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Good to see you. (laughs) Do the head tilt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, also people are, of course, listening. Most of our audience are. Uh, do listen to the show so either way however you're listening or watching uh thanks for joining us we have a great show today Lacey and james with me as always uh we're bringing back the kessel run later very excited about that and uh, as you probably saw via the title it's going to be the 12 best han solo moments ever really excited about that so uh how's everybody doing Lacey? how you doing what shirt are we rocking today Lacey? uh it's from my best friend she bought me the Forest Awakens. It's from Alaska. Kylo Ren's a moose. Oh, I thought it was like a, a mixture between like a Forest Gump Ray, Star Ray's Wars crossover. <laughs> yeah, I think Han Solo's a bear or something. It reminds Ooh. me. It reminds me of a uh, a friend. This was a Is while Chewie ago. A human? Oh no, yeah. Finn's what? a bear. Finn's a black bear. <laughs> Interesting. Um. I saw a photo of my friend and then they were just like, Oh, my niece at the zoo or something like that. And I was looking, I looked at the shirt and I was like, what the heck is that shirt? And it was like fake fan art before the force awakens came out. Mm -hmm. So it was like characters in wrong. Like it was like John Boyega as an Imperial officer. It looked like a Drew Struson, but it was like very clearly fake (laughs) because it had like actors that weren't involved and right. the, and the people who were involved were in the wrong position. And of course, it had like like Luke and Han on it and stuff. And it's like, what is that shirt? And I I wrote them, and they were like, oh, I don't know. I'll have to ask. And then like they got back with me like a week later, and they were like, I don't know. We bought it like at a, a convenience store or something. <laughs> you know, whatever it was. I was like, whoa, that's like a crazy knockoff shirt. I've never seen that. <laughs> I have to send that to you if I can find the photo. Just I gotta, so you guys yeah, can yeah. Get a I'd kick like to see that. Yeah. I think I uncovered well, the artwork at one point. Like I found the fan art too. That's so funny. Point. Yeah. But anyway, nice man. People always Very making good. random Very Star good. Wars shirts online or stealing people's stuff and making random shirts. Online. I mean, we've all seen it. Like where they're like Kenobi <laughs> yeah. trailer, you know, and kind of stuff. And it's like you're just splicing together random things we've seen them in before. The worst is oh, when yeah. people send you that stuff, like family and oh, friends, yeah. and you're like, "No, this isn't a oh, thing." Yeah. There was a <laughs> yeah, there was a guy who I used to work with who like they were like, "Oh, I watched the uh, the Last Jedi trailer," and I was like, "No, you didn't." <laughs> and he's like, "No, I saw it." He was like so insistent that he saw it. And he's like, "I'm surprised you didn't know about it," and I was like. It's because it doesn't exist, but I guarantee <laughs> it. You saw a fan-made trailer and it, you believed it. Hey. Oops. Yeah. That, well, I mean, there's an audience for it, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going back to your uh, question, John, you asked how I'm doing. I'm great knowing I'm not doing Who Are You? Mm, oh, yeah. We do have to bring that back, too, though. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. Though I don't remember who's up next in terms I'm of I'm definitely doing questions next, I believe. Oh, that'd be good. I lost. James won. 
I uh, or wait, does you? that mean I don't do it because I lost? No, it, I mean it's a rotation, so we'll see what the rotation is. But just rotate me um, off permanently. Yeah. <laughs> we we, um, we, we do could have... do that, John. We could just always make it me versus you. <laughs> like I don't think anybody is, would is care in particular. At this at this point, I've made up so many fake quotes. <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah, you're pr- you're problematic uh, quote reader too. <laughs> you're so like Madonna. you're like. Uh, I've got a bad feeling about this. And we're like, I don't know. We just named someone. You're like, that wasn't the person I was thinking of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You assume too much. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to bring it back one of these days. Um, I haven't really, yeah, thought about it in a while, but people do enjoy it, but we'll see. But we do have other segments on the show. We are very versatile. So we are going to fire up one of our classics right now. Mm -hmm. I fear nothing for all this as the force wills it. Will of the Force is back, but you guys know before we get into the segment, we like to talk a little bit about Patreon because uh, if you enjoy supporting or if you like the show and want to consider supporting TRB, you can do so by joining our Patreon. Just head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast where you can join for just $2 and you'll immediately grant you access to all the bonus episodes that we've done videos like this is backlog stuff too like all the commentaries so much stuff over there uh we have a lot of fun and other cool benefits and perks uh as you move up the ranks um trb uh at the core of it is just really the three of us so the patreon support is what allows us to keep going and hopefully grow and expand like we were talking on monday if you're a regular listener if you're a regular listener come on Join Patreon, two bucks a month. It's nothing crazy, but hopefully we'll grow and expand on the show and Help it will out. be all thanks to you. So head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast to join the resistance, right? Thank you guys so much. Um, speaking of Will the Force, right, and Patreon, we like to, uh, one of the tiers, one of the perks is that you can submit questions. So we're going to kick it off right now with one of our patrons' questions, uh, just getting right into the show, right? Uh, Alex, uh, Admiral Alexander Zukas. Uh, our admiral wanted to know, will we see remnants of the Confederacy of Independent Systems in the Andor series? Uh, I don't believe Anakin killing some of their leaders, just finishing their plans, right? Um, so, uh, let's start with John. John, what do you think about, uh, seeing the separatists, if you will, in Andor? I don't think so. Um, it's quite removed from Revenge of the Sith. We're looking at as recent as 15 years after. Um, and I don't know that it's important to be like, let's see what happened to those guys. Um, uh, because this is really the roots of the rebellion. Um, you know, a lot of those separatists ended up joining the rebellion. Um, and the the peak of the empire at this point. So I don't know that they're going to want to weave threads about those um, old uh, systems that were part of the uh, independent system uh, confederacy or anything like that and techno union army and all that nonsense. I, I think they just want to stick to what story they have in this timeline. Um, it doesn't mean we're not going to hear what happened to that. I'm sure there'll be stories to tell, but I don't know that Andor is the place for that. So I don't think so. Lacey? Yeah, I agree with John. First of all, hey, Alex. Zubaka, one of the best names. 
Um, Biggest jacked fish fan in the TRB community. He really is. Besides you, John. <laughs> I got a dollar for every time. Uh, anyway, I agree with John. Uh, I don't think this is going to show up. I think... I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like my simple answer is they're going to put their focus elsewhere. And I don't mm-hmm. think that this is important to the story, whether they're in it or not. So I just feel like it's not going to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. Like, it's funny, too, because this feels it feels like it's very it could very likely happen. Like, I think one of mm-hmm. the things of like, well, we we want we've got a bunch of episodes to get into Andor and what are some of the things that we liked maybe or were intriguing about Andor when we saw Rogue One? Well, I've been in this fight since I was six years old, you know? And then we dig into it a little bit more like, oh, he, his family was part of this, you know? And where was his, where was his road of like, that's where I grew up and how did I end up here? And maybe learning more of that, he has other friends and other people that are that were also along the same roads of like, what happened to some of these planets that were um, essentially defeated like at the end, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of these movies. And like in a lot of ways when they were defeated and then the winner ultimately like quickly changed into the bad guy you start to you do start to wonder like maybe some of the people they were fighting were the good guys kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know so it's like Mm -hmm. it's it's really crazy to think like how all that stuff played out and then it just gets brushed away as in like oh well the you know but then they became the empire and that was it you know it's like what about the people who were fighting against that you know who were fighting against uh palpatine uh, at that point in time you know so i don't know it seems like it could be there but i think you're right uh, but what you guys were saying about it just being focused on the Republic and the Rebellion, or not the Republic, but the Rebellion uh, fighting for the Republic. But, you know the Rebellion against the Empire? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, we got another question here. Uh, let's get into it. Will any of the clones Obi-Wan knew from the prequels, or the Clone Wars, of course, uh, appear in the Kenobi series? So, Lacey, do you think we're going to see some of those clones show up in the Kenobi series? Oh, man. I feel like this is in line with the Satine questions we get a lot. Mm. Like, do you think she's going to show up at all? Do you think this is going to show up? Like, because there are so many different threads and stories with Obi-Wan from the Clone Wars series and outside of just the prequels, which is what I would say the general audience understands more than the Clone Wars, which I think goes one step further into, like, more of a diehard fan for Star Wars. Um well, I would love to see Tamora Morrison get more more work, more screen time, and I'd love to see those pearly whites some more. I don't think they're going to be in this. Now, I know that the immediate reaction is, well, Lacey, we've heard Ahsoka's going to be in it, and that might be true. I'm going to say no, because I have no idea. <laughs> hmm. Because there are just so many ways they can go with this Obi-Wan series, and so many different things they could, you know pull from story-wise that I just kind of think that it's like, okay, how is this going to work in? And I can't even imagine it, so I'm going to say no. Yeah, yeah. John, um, any thoughts on clones showing up? I think so. I, I, I Do you I think just it's going to have... be Tim or just his voice? Yeah, I think whatever clones we see are probably going to be helmeted, and I think it's going to mm. be in a flashback. I think they're mm-hmm. going to do it. Um, like talking if, or just scene. 
Yeah, they'll probably they may have brief lines, and Morrison could just okay. do that from his bathroom, you know. So from, from the hot tub, from yeah, actually, the yes, bathroom, from Polynesian would be a spa. Bad choice, John. Yeah, it really would be. All right, uh, <laughs> the tiles, the acoustics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what if the cl- what if the clones in a bathroom and he needs that echo? <laughs> Maybe. Clones poop too, man. Yeah. Right. I just love how John's Maybe like, they don't. you know, sound like he could do it in the bathroom. And you... Somewhere yeah. Matthew Wait. Wood's like, no. Yeah. Clones are people too, man. Everybody poops and so do clones. You the point isn't that. It's that oh. the sound for recording in a bathroom is terrible. Yeah. Well, that's it's actually good for a sound, though. It makes you sound good when you sing. That's true. It adds natural <laughs> reverb. But I think they are going to do flashbacks. I think we'll get some sort of clone, like Cody or or one of those things, as a nice little fan service thing, mm. and people will be like, "Oh my God, he's going to betray you!" I hope yeah. you're right. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, um, I I don't think we will. Uh, mm. and part of Probably my bet. thing is I I think that you're right about the voices, and they could be helmeted, and it could be a flashback. But I think like the real happiness from adding a clone to it would not be having them helmeted at this point like i think like what we want to see is we want to see cody and rex and stuff and if they're going to play in that world they're more likely going to play in that world with like rex being alive after endor and like let him play in the age that he currently is so if they're if they want to pull that um out of their hat it's the the time to do it would be you know in these other series of these other worlds over here where where Boba Fett and all those characters are are living right now, um, so I I I'm gonna have to go with no on this one. I don't think we're gonna see it. Um, hey, why don't we take another one? Uh, another question from one of our patrons. Let's do. Um, yes. All right. <laughs> okay, Major <laughs> Carol Cantwell uh, sent us this question. We thought it was pretty good, so we'll we'll throw it into the show. Will Grogu talk in Mandalorian season three and sound like Yoda? Will he? Uh, so, John, you're doing this one first. What do you think? It's funny because we did this for Mandalorian season two. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> and by the way, did you guys see that tweet? I always hate that I never I. I I don't have it in front of me, so I don't remember who it was, but someone made a great observation on Grogu is growing and compared to from season oh, yeah, one to the boot Book of Boba thing. Fett. I saw it like too. His, I don't know who it was. It was yeah, one of those like, scrolling things you see it and you're like, ah. He's taller his boot now running. when he used to be like half of his boot or whatever. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, will he talk? He's got to, right? Like, are, are we reaching that point where people are going to be like, all right, enough with the, the cooing and stuff. Like, he's got to make you know he's got his his armor he made his choice uh he's starting to grow up a little bit um we're seeing his past where he may have known more than we thought like i think it's we need the next phase of grogu and i think that now involves him speaking and communicating so i'm gonna say yes let's do it mando season three grogu's gonna do some talking i do not think he's going to talk like yoda because i think someone said james was proven somewhere that yoda high republic didn't you say yeah, you said Yoda was the only one who spoke like that or something like that. So I'll actually jump in then. Yeah, I, it was Yaddle. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure if I think Grogu is going to speak in Mandalorian season three or not. I'm usually wrong about these things. So if John, you think he will, <laughs> then you're probably right. Um, but as far as talking like Yoda, I would say no. And there's kind of two things is what you what you were bringing up is 
uh, in one of the books, uh, a character meets with Yaddle and Yaddle does not speak like that. So it's not inherent to their species. The other, which is funny because George Lucas hated Yaddle and they're still true. true. Yeah. Bringing it up. So the other clue that I have is as recent as the book of Boba Fett with Luke saying, uh, when he describes Yoda, he says, that's how he talked. He talked, he spoke in riddles, which so that means to me that he's saying he's acknowledging that Yoda talked like that and that I would assume he's talking to Grogu the same way he talked or Ahsoka talked to him. Huh? So like ah- Ahsoka talked to Grogu and that's how she learned his name. They were having a conversation like through the force. Mm-hmm. I imagine Lucas talking to Grogu in the same way. And so, and he's having those conversations. And then he says, I've only ever met one other of your species. He was different. He would talk in riddles. Like that's different from you or me. Right, right. He's implying that Yoda spoke differently yeah. than you. And he's, that's a great point. he's great talking point. to Grogu yeah. in, in through the force. We just can't and hear the, his voice. Him now. and Ahsoka, yeah, are talking to him. Yeah. It, it's, it seems... Yeah, it seems also too like even even if Luke isn't talking to her, maybe they had the conversation uh, because Ahsoka knew both Yoda and Grogu. That so I don't know. Like if they're just chatting, the only other thing is she night, did like, mention. Yeah, she did mention always oh, talking to me through feelings or something like that or mm-hmm. visions, which it could be someone calling him Grogu and that's what he's showing her that. Oh, that's a good point. But. Yeah. I think that there is probably a combination of the two, but I I I do 100% agree that the riddles thing was clearly like, oh, he talked differently than you. He talked I, in a in an interesting, wanna... silly way. Yeah, I love that line, by the way. I re- I like how they how Filoni put that. that he cool. spoke in riddles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The other thing too is like I think they were also kind of stepping on the legacy of Yoda by bringing in the character in the first place. So I think if they're right. trying to keep him special they'll probably allow Yoda to be the only one who spoke like that kind of thing. I agree with you. I think they're going to keep that separate because then people already confuse them. Like my mom thought that was, I showed my mom and my dad the clip of Mark Hamill, you know, Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian just to show them like, look how the technology is. And my mom was like, why is Yoda there? Isn't Yoda dead? Uh, And I was just like, Here we are. Here we are. Well, good for her for knowing that Yoda was I dead. I was going to say, go. yeah, good for her for recognizing the timeline. I think most people would just be like, oh, wait, when? so when does that take place? You know, she didn't. T- no, but the thing is, she didn't understand when it was. She was like, why is he here with Luke? I thought he, he was dead type thing. Like, why is he a baby? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, that, that's not the same character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what she was saying. But... um. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I agree with both of you. I think I think Grogu will talk in season three. I think they've done enough of the baby cooing. And I think that we talked about it a little bit going into season two, where I think that he knows more than they're letting on and he's more trained, which is what we learned from Luke as well. James, you made a great point about the riddles thing. But Luke also says like, oh, I'm not teaching him anything. I'm just kind of reminding him what he knows. Mm-hmm. Like he he's remembering on his own. So I feel like, again, we talked a lot about his trauma in season two. I think his trauma is keeping him from talking um, currently. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
that's holding him back. And I think as the season went on in season one and in season two, we see Grogu kind of make more noises, make more different kind of emoting type things to the Mandalorian. So I think he's going to talk to the Mandalorian in season three. I don't think he's going to sound like Yoda. I think James, you said it perfectly. He's going to not. They want to keep Yoda special. And I think that that was part of the agreement probably when they decided to do this character. Mm-hmm. Don't you think it's it's going to be one of those things where like it's very subtle and Mando's going to be like, wait, what did you just say? Did you just talk? He's gonna Imagine like, he's sitting yeah, there and he's like, no, up? don't go that way. He's like, what? <laughs> don't go there. Like, yeah. did, did you just talk? He's going to be like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> yeah, what? yeah I, I feel like if they were going to do it, it would be very, it would have to be like, Sim, I don't know, man. Like simple words, like he only he only answers yes or no or something. Well, Favreau's gonna be like, imagine imagine Favreau gets Vince Vaughn to do the voice for Grogu. Oh, stop! (laughs) (laughs) Grogu like Grogu's like, let's get hopped up and make some bad decisions. (laughs) It's just like what? (laughs) But it'll probably be like Ben Schwartz or somebody who can do like little like kid. It's weird that you bring him up because I've I've been thinking a lot about Ben Schwartz like recently and I even listened to an episode of him on another podcast today and uh yeah I'm like he's really funny I'm like a fan of Ben Schwartz like for real like he just oh, seems so, so awesome yeah he's so funny yeah. yeah he's really good yeah I need to rewatch Parks and Rec too um season one's not good just start with season two. Oh yeah I remember I remember the first one where like she was Leslie Nope was in love with that other guy that random guy <laughs> who like never showed up again you remember him like the guy who was like yeah. in the art department or something yeah right. but anyway um we got another question here and that's will Mark Hamill go to celebration and if so will he appear on a panel Lacey celebration expert uh what uh what do you think here Mark Hamill is he gonna show up I'm waiting for John to be like, hey, we went. We're experts now. <laughs> um, here are my thoughts. Mark Hamill will go if he's paid to go. If they write the check, he will be there. Um, he is a a big price tag for celebration. I think the last time I heard he was going around for like $110,000 for a couple days, one day, something like that for signing. That's like 10 um, Jedi jedi passes <laughs> i was gonna say how many galactic star cruiser trips is that uh it converts to <laughs> yeah. anyway like three um, people <laughs> <laughs> uh that's to say that he deserves every freaking penny of that uh to be clear um so if he if he goes they're gonna pay him to go and if he is there he'll do a panel he does his like one sh- one man show panel is the last mm-hmm. one he did. Um, he did go in 2019, but he wasn't at the 20. No, he was at 2017. He wasn't at 2019. Right. And I remember he had tweeted about not being at 2019. And I believe it's because the studio didn't want to pay for him to be there. And celebration didn't want to pay for him to be there. And or the celebration or the studio didn't want him to be there because they thought he would take away from the story. And his appearance was kind of a surprise at that point. Um, which, if you think about it, Luke Skywalker, how many surprises was Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy? He shows his appearance was at least two surprises. And then things he does is like, what, two, three things, surprise things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he will go if he's paid. And yes, he will appear on a panel if he's there. 
John? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be there. I, I feel like... He's only picking one or two events a year now, but it's been no events for years, so maybe he needs the... The only thing I would think for him to go... Like a big back kind of thing, just for his own, like, convention career. Mm -hmm. Or, or like, just because of sort of the um, resurgence via his return in The Mandalorian, and maybe he comes back for for that sort of thing, or uh, if they have a way to tie in the future of Luke in, in these shows, maybe. I don't know. I want him to be there because he's Luke Skywalker, you know, um, and I'm not paying for him to go. So write the check. Um, and I think if he did go, he would get a panel just because, you know, like I hate to be morbid, but, you know, just Monday we're talking about, you know, Alan Ladd passed away uh, a few years ago. Gary Kurtz passed away. You know, all these people are getting older. Peter Mayhew's gone. Kenny Baker's gone. Uh, Carrie Fisher's gone. Like Mark if Hamill's he goes, still- I'm buying the photo op. I've already met yeah, him so, a couple times. I'm buying the photo up. But, but I'm saying like we we sometimes take, not, I guess, life, but also like celebrities for granted. Like, oh, there's always going to be there. Like Harrison I did Ford's that with Carrie. 80, man. Yeah, I did it with like, Carrie. I regret it. Like uh, Mark Hamill's, I think, 70 this year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not old, but they're getting older. And these opportunities for them to tell us, I'm more into them, like telling us these stories, let get let us document your experiences because there's definitely stories he still hasn't told. Like, I want a Mark Hamill panel. Even if I don't get to be in the audience, I just want it to exist so people, so kids who are new to Star Wars can absorb it and we can keep sort of the the truth separated from folklore. Like, I just love keeping history preserved in that way and he, who is it more than him uh, in terms of from the actor side of things? So... He should uh, do a podcast of his life where it's like every episode. I think I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to change my answer to a yes, just because I want to. Uh, no pun intended. Will it to happen? Like I think it would be really great to have him there. So I'm are gonna you say, manifesting? I love it. <laughs> I'm manifesting the way Mina Masoud had been manifesting for Ezra, which is not looking good. <laughs> I was manifesting before Mina Masoud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to say no that he's not going to be there um, because my first thought on it was there's no reason for him to be there from like a promotional standpoint. Like they could bring in like this person or this person, this person, and that will be about the new shows or whatever they're doing. Um, so it kind of made sense to be him involved in the past, you know, six years when he was being bought back and stuff like that. But in this particular case... Though I technically, because I've been on record saying I think the uh, what's it what what's the show um, that's not announced the is it Tales of the Jedi? Oh yeah, yeah. I I was yeah. like they're gonna announce what that is, and it's gonna be Mark Hamill voice voicing a character for an animated show, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, then that would be the panel he'd be on because they'd be like. We're doing the show. It's this, and it's going to be voiced by Mark Hamill. In fact, well, let's look back. Oh, it's Mark Hamill, and he walks out, and everybody would lose their mind. But that's what he does every time. Yeah, and, and he goes. <laughs> 
so so great for our audio listeners. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm sorry. He he does the eye. He points at his eye and he draws a heart and then he points at the audience and then he does stop with like the hands. Like, yeah, that, oh, that, that was that was my yeah. that, oh stop. Yeah. It's the most adorable thing ever, and he can do it until the end of time. <laughs> Yeah. But like I, he could show up at my funeral and do it and everyone would be like, oh, Mark. <laughs> so so my thing is like, just 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 stand alone. I don't think he's coming. I, I think they're probably going to promote like television and do that whole thing. And they can like, I guess, save him for later. But you bring up a good point, John. If he shows up and it's a surprise thing, I think it's that. I think it's the tales of the Jedi Interesting. thing, but cool. I, I have a lot cool. to write on. It has to be that show. It has to be animated. It has to be voiced by Mark Hamill. And then he would have to be there. If one of person. those things is I not know. right. I know <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy talk, but it see it would, it would be great if it did happen. Right. So, Oh, I agree. hundred percent. That's it for will of the force this week, guys. Um, thanks again, uh, for, uh, listening to the questions, submitting them, uh, patrons, uh, for being part of the, the show in that regard. Uh, we're going to yes. get to John now, and he's going to lead us in that Kessel Run. Yeah, so welcome to the Kessel Run. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? It's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. This is our segment where we put together a combined list of 12 things on a specific topic in Star Wars. So, this time we're doing the 12 best Han Solo moments ever. We each have four picks. We'll take turns to collectively put this list together of Han's best moments. And then, of course, we want to hear from you in the comments, on Twitter. Uh, if you want to quote tweet the episode with your favorite Han moment, that's cool. Uh, if you're shy, send us an email. Uh, we like to hear how close to the mark we were with our list and what you th your thoughts are on our list and your picks, too. Uh, but here we are to give our list now. Uh, the 12 best moments of Han Solo in Star Wars. Uh, and that's the only place he is, so it has to be Star Wars. Um, so we'll start with James, uh, the mystery man. So I'm going to peel back the curtain here a little <laughs> bit. Lacey and I always, just for the sake of not doubling up, share our picks. James is always likes to be the mystery man, so we never know what James's picks are. Since I wish, the but, first uh, time we've done this, yeah. he's done this. So now at this point, if he did it any other way, it wouldn't be a genuine, just, authentic yeah. experience yeah. of Zit Kessel Run. It's because yeah. it's my very subtle way of saying I, I wish this was a draft and we were surprising each other's with the answers every time, but that's never, my the, favorite thing is, never though, the case. So I'm like, all right, well, then I'll just do that. My favorite thing, though, is because he doesn't share them, there are there have been a couple times that you'll say your pick and it either won't make sense <laughs> or it will be wrong. That has happened. That what? has happened. What now? It's that like twice, I think. Twice you've said something and it's either not fit into what the list is, but I there love it. There was one time where it was what? a botch pick. It. There was a botch pick one time. One time. Like, but uh, it wasn't it was fine james it was actually it was about. a very funny moment because you are so secretive that we were like see this is why you need to tell us and you were like nah i'm never gonna tell you <laughs> um so james han solo what um, is your first best moment in that character's history um i'm gonna go with an, uh, an easy one uh a, a straight away probably what a lot of people think of when they think of han solo and that is him coming back and saving Luke by shooting Darth Vader and saying, "That's a great, it's, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, it's all yours, kid. Let's blow this thing and get out of here." Like that Han Solo moment is 
probably one of the de facto Han Solo moments because it's the climax of the movie and everybody's like, there's no way Luke's going to get out of this. And Han Solo, despite the fact that they set him up as this other character, comes back and completely saves the day. Like, had it all been... Would it would it have even happened? Would Darth Vader have shot Luke and the whole thing saved if if Han wouldn't have made that decision, uh, you know, a few hours ago or whatever to turn the ship around and go save his buddy? Yeah, that's a that is a really good pick. That's um, Mark Newbold asked me for my three favorite Millennium Falcon moments, and seeing the ship come back and flying at the camera when he returns is, is that one a, of them. Is and- that a special edition ad? Good question. I don't think so, but it might be. Um, I want to say no, but you might be right. But then he does the Yahoo and, you know, mm-hmm. great shot kid. That was one in a million. And he's rubbing Chewie's head. Like the whole thing is uh, so cool. Yeah. I think I, when you I, hear that, when you hear the voice, it's almost like uh, like the infinity or end game, like on your left. It's like you hear the voice and then you're like, almost like looking around like what and then they show that shot of the falcon dropping and you get in. your you get your darth vader what because of it <laughs> yeah it's true what what <laughs> yeah <laughs> if i'm remembering the timeline correctly of how those shots play out but i think that's it like he hears the voice and then they show the falcon it's like a tee up or something like that but that uh to me that's uh that's my first pick so all right um all right good pick wait a that's uh setting the bar all right, Lacey, you are up. Uh, our our collective second pick in the twelve best Han Solo moments ever. Uh, my pick is, which by the way, this was really hard because there are so many. Oh yeah. So usually a little behind the scenes <laughs> moment, the Kessel runs. It's usually between John and I, whoever can get it out faster into yeah. Discord gets to claim their moments, and there's always a a moment of. <sighs> And like yeah. you have and to figure out this one. I honestly did not have any crossover with you, John. This I, time, I, I always I, say though, if you want one of my picks, take it. But Seriously. that's just you being nice. And, and you, guys, I would do it though. And you guys have done it for me too, in the sense that like you know maybe there's only like ten and maybe two iffy ones. If I'm always last, then I, I get like the bottom of the barrel ones. <laughs> but in this case, in this case, I didn't look at your guys's. ones and i wrote out a list of five that i thought were good and i picked my four that i wanted and only one of them was on your list so i thought oh well i'll just do the the fifth one then so yeah it's just funny because it always happens and even though yes we're all very nice and we're like oh if you want to switch or not (laughs) there is a moment and i know john and i are competitive that we're like let's see how quickly we can get our choices in I, you're more competitive than me. I I feel like you feel like this is a contest. I I see no, it as no, no. I you do a little bit. I just you get very bit. particular. If it's a Kylo Ren moment, it better be on my list. Because I see this as we're working together to put together our list. John, of That's course, I because I came up with this segment. I know what the segment. I is. came up with this segment. I don't want to hear you. We always go segment. through this. I came up with the segment. I named the segment. Oh my oh, god. All right. We need archivists so badly. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely, we've gone through this multiple times. Then you end up admitting that, you're, that I'm right. All right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Han Solo moments. I'm going to start off with a classic, the I Know from Empire Strikes Back. That was so the one that I crossed about, off. Yeah. The end of Empire Strikes Back. He goes into the Carbonite 
But before that happens, Leia says, I love you. His response, I know. Now we've seen this on books, merchandise, Valentine's Day cards, everything. And the funniest thing about it is it was totally just made up by Harrison Ford. (laughs) That wasn't even the line. Mm -hmm. He was just like, he was supposed to say, I love you back. And he was like, Han Solo wouldn't say I love you back. So I just love everything about this line. I love that it's, you know, Harrison doing this. Uh, which is true Han Solo. I feel like same with Carrie Fisher and with Mark Hamill. I feel like Han Solo is Harrison Ford. And a big reason why it's so successful is because it is part of him into the role. Um, So, yeah, this moment is just such a touching, wonderful, emotional moment um, that reminds you at the end of the day with James's moment as well that Han Solo is the good guy. He's the softy that at the end of the day, he's going to do what's right. He cares for his friends and family. Um, and he just wants to find that belonging that all of the characters do in Star yeah. Wars. Um, but yeah, no, this moment is just so well, well done. Harrison plays it so well. Um, and so yeah, it, I know. The the peak of Han Solo's character arc too, because as much as I love Return of the Jedi, like Han Solo really didn't have a story in that movie. Um, he was used as a MacGuffin at the beginning for a reason for them to go to Jabba's palace, of course, but he was mostly comic relief and he didn't really have, uh, an arc in Return of the Jedi. And Kasdan said, he's like, look, I think the character meet, met his peak in, at the end of Empire. We probably could have killed him off. George didn't want to. We all know that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is really like sort of the end of his biggest arc until of course when he gets reintroduced in the sequel trilogy he has a big impact too mm-hmm. but that this is like that moment huge mm-hmm. and also one of those tall tales of like how did it really come about you know Irvin Kirshner has his version and you know everyone has their version of that but, I just love the behind the scenes to it I think it adds for me it adds more to the moment than just him playing the role and it has to be one of the most merch used I told you yeah too. everywhere my my, my wedding cake topper has it we you know we have my wedding glasses it. had yeah. it yeah yeah I had, I had no joke guys three people bought me champagne flutes with it on it i have three yeah. sets of those champagne flutes it, it is marketable for for couples for sure um but uh i don't know james if you want to add anything on that part that uh pick but. no other than that was the the one that i um i, I crossed off a list um so all right that was that was one of the ones that i thought of and i was like oh if they didn't put that one that one's got to be on the list kind of thing um okay i my first pick is going to be the um the kessel run in solo um i i think that scene had a lot to live up to uh just because it was one of those things like oh we're finally going to see this thing that Han Solo talked about the first time we met him and I feel like they nailed that scene we've talked about that many times and like our favorite moments in Solo and stuff but in terms of Han Solo moments I think this is still on that on this on this list that's why I picked it um and and specifically how you know this is a Han Solo moment I know it's a collective scene but you know his first time flying the Falcon how he jumps in the seat clicks all the switches how he talks about his needles move and him and Chewie just kind of in the pocket and all the things he does to really become one with the Falcon for the first time, I thought was a very Han Solo moment. Um, and, you know, Alden did a great job with all the subtleties and, and and the nuances of being Han Solo without being a copycat. 
And I feel, I really do feel like that was Han Solo flying that Falcon. And um, it's a big deal because you're filling, you're filling some shoes there uh, with Harrison Ford, but it's just one of those scenes that had that high adventure. The, the music was fantastic by John Powell um, and all the maneuvers that Han does to get them out of there. Like, you know him and Chewie dinging that tie fighter into the rock and doing the again the needles move to kill the one guy and evading the the vermin summonoth monster or whatever that thing is called <laughs> and the the timing of of the coaxium and he thinks he screws up is like the most classic Han Solo thing ever and then it kicks in at the right moment punch it right to get out of there like the whole thing was just drenched in Han Solo and uh, I absolutely love the, the Kessel run I thought they did a great job with it and Alden specifically to, to be fair too when I say that was the one thing that was on my list I thought of the Kessel run and I thought there's no way they didn't already write that <laughs> kind of thing so I didn't include it on my list because I was sure that it was going to get covered Um, but, but right yeah on. that is definitely I agree that that's like you know one of the probably most pivotal moments and everybody knows about the thing. And so we got, we got to see it in solo and, uh, d- delivered. So, yeah. Yeah. Also imagine yeah. we did a Kessel run segment without including said Kessel run. That's, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's called the Kessel run. Very yeah. good point. Yeah. Glad I thought of that. <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> you are the worst. No, I, don't, I honestly don't remember. You may, you it is my you did, you one contribution right. to this podcast. You're one. This segment, yeah. You all, all the other here. segments See how already she that on you, John? She flipped it. Yeah. She flipped what? it. Now she's, you know yeah. what they you know what they call that online? They call it gaslighting. That's what they call what? that. No, I'm just no, kidding. No, no, um, no. Uh Lacey. Mm. Or James. James. Yeah, be me. <clears throat> James, you're our fourth pick out of twelve. What do you got? Um, I think uh the one I'm gonna go with next is <laughs> it's funny how similar it is to my first pick. But it's saving Luke on Hoth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Imagine all your two picks you, worse. Me, Junior. Yeah, yeah, Imagine exactly. Yeah, they're all like saving Luke's butt again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but um, another pivotal uh, thing in my mind when I think about Han Solo is is him being like, um, "What do you mean he hasn't checked it? What do you mean nobody knows? You know what I mean?" And like everybody's like, don't go out there, you'll die, kind of thing. And he's like, I don't care, my friend's out there in it, you know, and kind of see thing. you and in like, hell. Yeah. So <laughs> which it's is like, such a weird line to me that he says that to the guy. Yeah, I actually wish I picked that now. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> see you in hell. So it's, it's it, like, yeah, what? it's it's the whole moment of him like not even questioning the danger, like the science mm-hmm. danger of it, and just like running head first into it um and i mean the like that whole scene in the movie is like they're closing up the gate and chewbacca mm-hmm. and leia and everybody's like worried that he's gonna make it and stuff it's like it's a pretty key pivotal moment in that time and it's just han solo being the hero and going out and finding his friend and uh all, all the things after it too like with the you know he cuts open the thing and he sticks his friend he uses in there a lightsaber and, yeah yeah he uses a lightsaber. all that all that stuff is like man han solo is a wild man <laughs> you know and 
And there's, you know, he's pushing around those officers, what do you and mean he's like, nobody knows. Like, <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like, it's possible he checked into the South Central. Possible. Why don't you go and find Why out? It's getting dark out yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> he does the Hans. He does the Harrison Ford point to the guy's chest. Yeah, it's getting dark out there. Why don't you go and find point. out? Oh man, that is a great moment. Vintage Han Solo, vintage Harrison Ford, just like prime time, man. Mm-hmm. Um, great. It still great, sticks great out to bit. me that he said "see you in hell." It's just such a funny moment to me, even oh, though it's not so supposed good. to be funny. I think that could have been on my list of like not supposed to be funny moments. Yeah, it, it's it's weird too, because like, you know, it's kind of a swear. It's kind of a word that like people are yeah. like, "Oh, I'm not allowed to say that," and like it's so it's kind of a curse word in Star Wars. And then the other thing that's interesting about it too is just the fact that like we all understand the meaning, but it is kind of weird because there's like the religious aspect of like, oh wait, there's hell in Star Wars. That's right. like a thing. Like mm-hmm. so, it, so it's kind of one of those like, what what is the root of a word that we use? So kind mm-hmm. of reminds you maybe it's like all of Star Wars is just being translated to English in a way, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But oh whatever. Oh, yeah. Um. All right. Lacey, you are up next. This is our fifth pick in the 12 best Han Solo moments. Uh, my next pick, to no one's surprise, is from The Force Awakens. Um, and it is specifically the whole segment sequence, because I picked specific moments, but I noticed you guys are doing kind of like the scene itself, so I'll add the scene to oh, it sure. because it is the whole sequence is just so I noticed perfect. yours were a little more specific. Yeah, the whole sequence from the moment that they're on the Irvana ship and they're talking to like Kanja Club and everything from the moment they show up to the moment he blasts off and the Millennium Falcon is like pure Han Solo. It is written so perfectly. It is done so well by Harrison Ford that when that happened in the movie and anytime I watch it, I'm like, this is Han Solo. There's no doubt in my mind that this is the character that I remember from the original trilogy. From the moment of him lying to being like, nah, that's not happening. And they're like, hey, we're here too. He's like, uh, what? (laughs) Like the whole like, uh, you know, you can't swindle anybody anymore. And he's just like, he's like, you, you know, you've lied to us three times. He was like, well, what was the third time? Like that kind of stuff is just so. But specifically the moment where he punches the guy out when the Rathars escape reminds me of now. I've seen Indiana Indiana Jones. Jones. (laughs) It reminds me of Indiana Jones. But regardless, it's so funny because it's so... Harrison Ford puts his whole body into this punch. Like, he goes for it with this stunt guy. And it makes Mm -hmm. me laugh so hard because... He's not trying to do some crazy. It literally looked like like if my dad went and punched someone. Like that's what it would look like. It doesn't look like a professional punch. It looks like a genuine like an older guy like get out of my way punch. And I love it so much. Um but yeah, that whole sequence is so perfect from the moment they get into the Falcon and then him talking with Ray where it's like, you know, he's like, "What are you doing here?" and she's like, "You got to help, you know, I got to help prime the ship or whatever and get past the compressor." Just He's so good in TFA. He really, really is. Like he went out with a bang, and so to speak, with yeah how and, well he played that role. And you see, like <clears throat> you know, the Lawrence Kasdan Han Solo lines. You know, the this is not how I thought this day was gonna go. Oh, and, such yeah. a good line! It's I don't, so I don't, good. I don't ask myself those questions until I've already after, done it. After you know. I've done it, yeah. Oh, it's just like just classics, like already, and uh, it, it's just uh, a great scene because really it was 
um shortly after our introduction to him and chewy that big you know we're home thing and you know he's like yeah i'm hauling wrath tars and it's like you're right back in the falcon with him obviously you are but like i mean like it's like no time has passed by the way that he's playing it just like the feeling you get watching him and chewy on screen it's like i haven't been missing him for 30 years he's been right here uh, yeah. even though he's older but yeah so that whole sequence is just so perfect and i loved everything about it and it's one of the, my favorite moments in tfa yeah and then you know it's chewy getting shot and him like worrying about chewy and he's like you take care of chewy you know all that stuff yeah. it's just uh just a, a great scene so great mm-hmm. pick for sure um all right almost halfway there uh, i'm gonna take us there now with our sixth pick I'm going to go with uh, running down the corridor after the stormtroopers and then immediately retreating in A New Hope <laughs> when he sees the whole ah, of them. Because ah. that, that, that gif of his face when he stumbles upon them and sees them <laughs> is amazing because it's the opposite of cool and it's the opposite of what Han was trying to go for. And mm-hmm. you got you kind of got the feeling that he was doing it to show off in front of Leia because you feel like he kind of liked her already. Um, that sort of like hallway suicide mission. And yeah, just yelling as he's running after them. And of course, in the special edition, they added about a hundred stormtroopers. Yes. I was going to say that's part like of the part of the charm. There is when he came around in the old version, he was he had that reaction to like six troopers, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, "What's out of my? <laughs> I can't find all these like two hundred. Yeah, yeah, but anybody walking around the corner and seeing that many stormtroopers is going to have that reaction. But it's funny because the the front was that he couldn't even take on like six i mean that's six guys like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna win that fight it is it is one of the it, to me one of the funniest scenes in star wars ever and but just playing off reaction. of yeah and playing yeah. off of that with the wrath tars he does the same kind of reaction to those too where he's like let's oh, yeah. get out of here type thing yeah. going um, that way. but the yeah. funniest thing is here he's much younger and he still runs the same like it's not exactly athletic it's like very kind of clunky like you know he's not like the athletic guy but he's trying to be mm-hmm. cool it's it's super funny yeah that's uh i don't know if it's it might be in the trailer too i'm not sure but i know that gif of his facial reaction when he sees the stormtroopers that people use often and it's just so damn funny it's <laughs> such, such a good scene and and uh you know luke sort of sensing uh leia's like admiration for him and he's like what good's it gonna do us if he gets himself killed you know it's just like mm-hmm. you see luke getting like a little like competitive over leia before knowing they were related but competitive uh, about his sister a... yeah well at the time he didn't know can't blame the kid um but uh yeah great scene all right so we're halfway there halfway to go james number seven in um, our list of top 12 Han Solo moments. Uh, we love the Solo movies, so I'm going to stick with uh, you know some of the scenes that he brought to that that movie, and uh, that is just so Solo. You know, it's just that's that's the character Solo. So we're really happy with a lot of the stuff that they did in that movie. So w- one of the things to me that uh, stuck out in that is like, um, you know, it's almost kind of funny too. It doesn't really, it doesn't feel necessarily like the Han Solo that we're kind of talking about. But, but it is such a pivotal, pivotal thing for the character. And that's the end of the movie, the climax, where he comes up with the plan for Saverine, uh, on Saverine. So my, my thing is like, I still watch that scene going, he's talking to Beckett and he's like, you know, what's the plan? He's like, "Ah, I'm not going to be part of the plan and stuff. And then, uh, off site, they're like, I think he's going to help help you guys that's Kira's 
you know, saying, I think he's going to help you. So it's yeah. like it, it alerts you at that point where even when he's talking to Beckett, it's all of this is part of his plan. And he's mm -hmm. put this whole thing together. He's like, I know how this is going to play out. I'm going to tell Beckett this. Beckett's not going to want to do it. He's going to leave. Then I'm going to do this. And then we're going to go in there. And like, and then Beckett, of course, is going to betray us. And it's going to result in this. Like, he had it all figured out. And I'm, I still get amazed at that movie because it's not, it doesn't feel like something that like a writer wrote. Um, mm -hmm. in, in the sense of like, sometimes when you watch movies, you're like, I just don't believe that character would have figured out all those details. It figures like mm -hmm. they needed, they needed it to come together. So they're just saying the character was really smart and put it all together. But that scene to me really feels like Han would be like, I don't know. Like he would be like, I, I, he's I, always never trusting. He's like, yeah, I this just guy's gonna don't yeah, yeah. think Beckett's gonna do this you know what i mean he's gonna come back and he's gonna go for the money and he's gonna go for the whatever and then as soon as we're in the room and beckett's got the gun he's gonna turn it to dryden you know and like he's got it all figured out and, I, and in a good way and like i also like to imagine that han had like three backup plans and two of them were wing it i was gonna say yeah <laughs> that whole plan didn't go exactly how he thought it was gonna go yeah but, but it still worked out yeah. but that but i think that there's a little bit of charm in there but in the sense that like when i'm watching the movie it feels like it's playing out like how he thought it was gonna go and so i'm like if 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 that was not his plan Han Solo would make it seem like that was his plan. And so it just yeah. all feels very The way very Kira looks at him to too, when Dryden starts freaking out and she gives him that look like, yeah, it's going exactly like you said it was going to go. He mm -hmm. did genuinely seem heartbroken though when Beckett came in and he's like, don't look at me like that. And he's like, why? Like, why? I'm sure this? he didn't want to be right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. He's like, I know this is going to be the case, but when the person walks through that door... It's like, all right, yeah. I'm, it's also it's probably like gonna end up very, killing this person. It's a very mm -hmm. Han Solo thing where it's like fly by the seat of your pants. Like you have a plan, sort of, and it doesn't exactly go how you think, but somehow it works out for you. That's just a very Han Solo type of situation. So it's uh, that's why the throne room's so good with Ben Solo because Ryan Johnson said the reason that whole ha thing happened is because he pulled a Han Solo and went in there going, "I'm gonna get out of this. I don't know how, but I'm gonna figure yeah, it out." Right. Which is like so good um yeah a great great pick james for sure uh that is um a very complex and entertaining scene and like you say it's not exactly the han we end up meeting in a new hope but we're seeing the sort of evolution of the character in front of our eyes so it's definitely a great great scene good pick uh number eight goes to lacy what do we got so playing off of James's pick, I also picked something from Solo because, of course, we love Solo here. Make Solo 2 happen. Um, this is my favorite moment in Solo with Han Solo specifically. Um, but playing off of what James had said, it's a similar kind of thread of coming up with a plan. But as the movie progresses, you know, you see multiple times where the plan doesn't go right. Right. You have Savarine where he's like, we've got a guy on there with so many armed 30 armed mm -hmm. guards and he's going to come out and then it takes off and he's like, oh, so the funny thing about James's pick is that it's actually the plan worked out after multiple times where it <laughs> didn't. Yeah. Um. So this is one of those times that he somehow talked his way out of things. So it plays into the Rathtar thing we see later and just overall who's Han Solo is as a character. Um, and it's 
the scene where he's talking to Dryden Voss with Beckett and Kira about what the plan is to get more coaxium and specifically the line, we've got the pilot. Oh. And he's pointing at himself. So and good. it that moment, every time I watch it, I laugh. Every just the mannerisms of Alden are just so good. Um, and it's just such a Han Solo moment. I don't care what anybody Sheer says. Bravado. You can't watch that and not think this is not young Han Solo who's like, oh, I'm good. I'm totally good. We're good here. And he, you see that throughout the movie multiple times where it doesn't work out. But this is an example where it does kind of work out. But I think he kind of just talks down because Dryden's like, well, I'm going to kill them anyway. So might as well try. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, this moment is just so perfect to me. And I love everything about it. Um because everyone else in the room is like, uh, what? And he's like, yeah, it's me. Don't worry about it. It's totally cool. <laughs> and like at this point, we haven't seen him fly anything. We've seen him drive, but we haven't seen him fly stuff. Um, because it gets cut from it got cut from the movie. Well, and he fl- flew. Um, well, the, the she's the talking about AT the tie hauler. Fighter. The AT hauler he flies. Oh yeah, he did. F- we haven't seen him do the Falcon he, yet. Oh uh, yeah, that's Falcon true. Right. I I don't really consider that be- like he was in control of that thing as it moved from here to here. Han he flying stuff, a ship yeah. is like this, you know? Well, he no, hold on. He had to fly it over the mountain while holding and dropping the uh, coaxium. Oh, he had to fly it over the like mountain. The He's getting right to it, and then he just kind of banks to the right. Oh, it's so easy to fly an AT hauler, James Bainey. I forgot we're all pilots. I'm okay, saying, long story short, yeah. we haven't seen him do any crazy maneuvers. So when he says... You yes. got the pilot. The only experience you've seen him is just avoid dying. Like yeah, you haven't. Yeah. And after he hits stuff, and like you're like, okay, is he a good pilot? He's good at driving yeah. cars, and we've seen him be reckless and and yes. whipping through stuff like that. But we, but yeah. the only at hauler that we've seen with that was what i'm saying is it Where felt like, like it was just kind just of pulling he's moving up, yeah. it from there to there is just getting it out of the situation that's fair but then when he gets back in the seat in the the kessel run which we mentioned yes. he's yes. back to the real han now he's actually flying and then and he's, he's like whipping actually through a pilot yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's you're, kind of funny because you're he's right bluffing John, a little but, bit but it's like they, but i almost feel like they didn't want to they didn't want him whipping that thing around. That's like, oh, here's your first tease at Han flying. It's like, no, we want I, f- yeah. the first tease of Han flying is jumping over that. No, seat. I know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah and then and, avoiding the Empire. Yeah, you're total. You're both right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that that fake sense of uh, like bravado, and he's probably mm-hmm. like, you know what, his pants at that point because he's dealing with this crime boss. He's in over his head, but he's just like. Keep it, keep it. He also does the Harrison point at himself, like a very stern point, which Mm -hmm. plays on the whole. And he does a grin. Yes. And meanwhile, Um, you look at Beckett's face, and Beckett's like, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. He's like giving the look to Kira too, like a little bit, like right, right. Am I right? (laughs) Like you know, she knows. Like he didn't say that, but he's like, and that's you know. And like later on Savarine when he's like, got 30 hired guns. And then like Beckett looks at him and he's like, I got this. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. Oh, good pick. Yeah. I just really love it. And it's a moment that no matter what, I'll always laugh at it because it's just so perfectly like just the pause afterwards, too. It's just so good. So good. Very good. Alden did a great job. Good Mm -hmm. pick. Um, All right. Number nine. I am going back to Empire Strikes Back. Um, when they realize that the hyperdrive isn't working and they're evading the Empire after escaping Hoth, 
everything that Han's doing there from just barking orders to Chewie, turn her around! I'm going to draw power <laughs> off the front shield and shut him up or shut him down! And then like dog fighting in between the Star Destroyers so they collide into each other and mm -hmm. all the things he's trying to figure out because he doesn't have the facilities of his ship. Uh, and then all of that as Leia saying like, you know, you don't really have to do this to impress me. And he flies right into the asteroid field. And then that beautiful music hits the Han and Leia theme as he's weaving or the, the asteroid field theme as he's weaving in and out of the, of the, of the, the rocks and the asteroids and meteors all the way into the worm's mouth. But you know, that whole sequence post Hoth where it's just complete chaos and nothing is working. And you're realizing like, this is a way different movie than a new hope than mm -hmm. we, uh, we could have expected. Um, and uh, just, I, I think the, the one shot that stands out to me the most that I see the clearest is when the Falcon's flying downward and you see the two noses of the Star Destroyers because he made them sort of go out of their own way and mm -hmm. he gets these two giant ships to almost nearly really collide with each other, uh, this little freighter. And it's just like that whole underdog thing and everything about it. And of course, the legendary asteroid uh, field scene. I just The whole thing is just like, man, this is Han Solo's movie just as much as it is anybody's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Asteroid, or asteroid fields are... Uh, or the asteroid field scene is a huge one in uh, in Han Solo lore, and it also is funny too that like that also means that two of your four picks have dun 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 uh, we have three to go, so we each have one left. Uh, James, what is your last pick? Pick number 10 on our list of the top 12 Han Solo moments. So I, so this is, it's, it's two moments, but you'll see why it's the same moment in reality. Um, so I'll just get them straight off. The two moments are, uh, Lando says, you know, they arrive just before you do or whatever, you know, and the door splits open, Darth Vader's there, and he immediately pulls the gun out and and fires at him no questions asked and um yes. that it, that scene and also it's on a subtler level but i had to mention it because people really liked it in our funniest moments it was the same thing when all the guards run in in Return of the Jedi, and the first thing he does is grab a big box and throw it right at that guy <laughs> oh, and yeah. knock him off the cliff and i'm like it's really the same thing. It's like people run in and he doesn't freeze or hesitate at all. He just grabs Reacts. the closest thing to it and just like defends himself and the people, you know, around him, uh, specifically Leia in both scenes, um, in the most ridiculous way. Like he he knocked this guy's balance over a railing and he fell down a pit, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and the other one being like Darth Vader, the person who's been, you know, 1977 Star Wars, Darth Vader, the biggest bad, you know, at this point, we we didn't, we, we're watching the movie, but we didn't fully get the Empire Strikes Back version of him yet because you're watching it. So mm -hmm. at this point, it's, it's that 77 Darth Vader and he's standing in that room and Han doesn't even like bat an eye. He pulls the gun yeah. and fires right at him. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and, in retrospect, too, what's kind of interesting about that scene, like Vader, Vader deflects it, but in like today's world, they probably would have froze it like they did with Kylo. 
Like that right. probably would have been interesting to have it like freeze and then they're all sitting <clears throat> down at the table and then it like blasts off or something mm-hmm. kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, just uh, I-, I wanted to say that and I-, I felt like it was so similar to the other scene that I think of when I think of Han Solo is him throwing that that crate. But pulling the gun, throwing the crate, um, not hesitating in, uh, when an enemy runs into the room, that's Han Solo to me. And so like I feel like both of those picks technically are the same pick. Yeah, I like that pick because you know that's him. That's the instinctual Han Solo. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. thought there. It's got to do this. This has to happen right now. And mm-hmm. that's pretty badass. You know, it's uh, and I don't know what Han Solo, like you said, knows of Darth Vader. Like, so is he going in like ignorance in a way? Like, oh, there's just some guy. This, uh, I know of this guy, but he doesn't know the scope of how powerful he is. Mm-hmm. But either way badass I, I don't know man i feel like han have we talked about this before like does don does han know who darth vader is like you gotta think he had to have heard of i him. think everybody That's, had heard of him yeah yeah but the the interesting thing too is is i was thinking as i was putting the list together and thinking about this scene like this is a han soloism that would be perfect in like solo 2 like if he got if some if the door opened up and it was somebody that you didn't expect like like a mall that would have never happened you know they're probably not going to do that but like that yeah. kind of a scene like he would just whip it out and fire and be like that reminds me of like original trilogy han that's him mm-hmm. that's, well, that's the character and alden would do it what, you know alden said he was like oh, god they got to bring him back because like last <laughs> summer he you know he was saying like i'd be very interested to play that version because that's who he becomes at the end of the first movie yeah. and i'm really interested to play that sort of jaded more reckless version of han solo um god we gotta see it come on jeez what are they (laughs) doing um all right uh really good picks james um now we go two more to go Lacey, our 11th pick uh in best han solo moments what do you got yeah so my last pick is i think probably my favorite han solo moment which is in return of the jedi at jabba's palace when he gets unfrozen from the carbonite and he gets thrown into the jail with Chewbacca and gets the big hug, hug from Chewie. He's not sure it's Chewie at first. And then he realizes and Chewie's like hugging him like crazy. He's like, okay, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then he's finding out about Luke being a Jedi Knight. And he's like, I go, I go away and everyone gets delusions of grandeur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is just so funny because it goes back to kind of what people, you guys have said throughout this whole list is like, especially you, James, is like he saved Luke so many times. That he's like, Luke's going to save me? Oh, really? Like, let's see this happen. And just, I think that whole kind of sequence of him being blind and then going into the, you know, the sand dunes, still blind. He takes out Boba Fett. Like, he's, it's just this whole kind of witty, comical thing. I, one of the gifts I use all the time is where he's like, oh, great. Like, (laughs) like when he's hearing out what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or he's like, oh, you're going to die here, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. <laughs> it, right. It, I also, to like him, like being pulled away, like, you're throwing away a fortune. Don't be a fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, like, to the last minute, you will yeah. fight to swindle this guy. I yeah. just think it's just a prime example, example, especially this line of just the witty. It's always a witty comeback. Like, from the moment we meet Han and Solo, where he's he's saying things like, I've got a detonator right here. Like, he's always got a witty comeback to people. 
or like out i can throughout solo just like all these lines to be he's never afraid to speak his mind and i mm-hmm. think this is a prime example of like that's just who han is he's never gonna hold yeah. back what he thinks uh and yeah. usually it's a very funny sarcastic line uh so Luke, i really love jedi this. knight yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, oh, that's that so actually good. the one line that i like from that the most is when he hears chewbacca and he's like what like he kind of does that <laughs> a jedi nice nah, like laughing and his eye, he's like his eyes are like looking everywhere because yeah. he's still blind oh god and then yet so us as fans are seeing luke in this dark robe he's showing up he's choking out you know gamorian guards and he's like what yeah. who's luke's doing what <laughs> right no, oh, that is good. Yeah, that whole man, that beginning of Return of the Jedi is so damn good. I um, argue that that's the best Star Wars. The whole Jabba Jabba scene. It's definitely uh, it's it's a very easy rewatch. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to check out. There's a lot to enjoy. I agree. I forget what um, I was on another pod once, and I forget which one it was. So I apologize what? if that person's listening. Uh, and they asked like, "What's your favorite moment in Star Wars?" And they were like, "I hope it's not the jail, the Jabba oh, sail barge, like so and so." And I was like. It's the job of sale barges. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <geez. laughs> uh, oh, well, you, you can't make everybody happy, right? It, it made um, me laugh. I was just like, no, it is. It's that. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly that. John, right, you're, last, you're last, right? Last, yeah, last pick. I, I was going to say, right now, if you're listening to the show, think... In your mind's eye, like think what it what is the pick? What's the last one? What's the one that we just haven't said yet? And yeah. then when John delivers they, it, see if you got yeah. it right. And you're like, how have they not said this one yet? Think about it. And if it's not the one John says, now is the opportunity to like head over to the comments section or go Tweet to Twitter. Us. Yeah. yeah. And, and write Instagram. us and be like, I was just listening to the podcast. How did you guys not say this one? You know, like maybe to I don't know. Maybe, maybe don't spoil it for people, but, <laughs> but just say, "Wow, they've got some delusions of grandeur over there at the Resistance <laughs> yeah, podcast." Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, it's a, it's a good opportunity to let us know what are, what your favorite moments are, and you were surprised that we went through the whole list, and and even John's last one wasn't the ones you were thinking of. And there's a lot of Han Solo moments, so there's obviously a bunch that we didn't put on here. Um, I mean, we can go down a whole... We can make a whole nother Kessel run on Han Solo moments with ease. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my pick, uh, my last pick and our last pick on this list is um, when he blasts Greedo, kills Greedo point blank in the cantina. McClunky. Uh, First, McClunky, right? yeah. Even, yeah, it doesn't matter what <laughs> Greedo does. Han's intention that whole time was the blow Greedo out of the sky, out of the earth, out of Tatooine, whatever you want to call it. Kill him. Dead. Point blank. And then uh, in a very cowboy pirate sort of way, flip a shekel to the bartender and say, sorry about the mess as he leaves a dead smoking body on the table in the bar. Um, everything about that scene is it's really the first um, idea of what this guy's all about because before that, he was just trying to sell himself as a pilot to those guys. So like, yeah, yeah, you've never heard of my ship. It's the fastest, blah, blah, blah. I'll get you there. It's fast enough for you, old man. He's really selling the Falcon more than himself um, that whole time because he said, you know, Han Solo, but then he said, you've never heard of the Millennium Falcon. He's constantly talking about his ship because he wants to get paid. But now we see what this guy's all about. And you got Greedo stopping him, blaster to blaster. And he's, he, he slowly unbuckles it. It's very like Clint Eastwood and over my dead body. Yes, I bet you have. Blam. Greedo's dead. 
And then just you can tell he's been there before. It's not his first rodeo because he doesn't get frazzled or freak out or anything. He casually gets up as though he just finished a meal. Like when people get up, and they're like, whoa, that was good. Slowly walks to the bartender, flips him the coin and says, sorry about the mess. And just slowly walks up the stairs. He doesn't run out of there. He's like, yep, just handled my business. Mm-hmm. Love it. it. Also, One of my favorite scenes in Star Wars. Sets the tone for Star Wars in general, too, because like, um, like imagine any movie in today's age where you just have humans, whatever. Like somebody shoots somebody at a restaurant and walks out and says, "Sorry about the mess." Like it would feel like, what? What? Like what about the other patrons at the restaurant? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. did they not think that was just? ridiculous or crazy or whatever but like when you're watching it like all of a sudden because you're in this other galaxy you start to be like what's up with these people in these galaxies is that everybody just like okay with that type of stuff or they're used to seeing that kind of stuff like just people murdering people and being like that's what happens mm-hmm. you know yeah it's it's like um i, I rewatched the godfather recently and like the scene where michael uh, shoots salazo in the middle of the restaurant and then just takes the gun and and lets it go out of his hand Spoiler and walks alert. out. I think it's a fifty year old movie, but that's all right. Um, but it, it it's just that sort of thing. Like it's the the old west, like you say. You know, it's like the saloon. People get shot, and then like the piano stops, and then the piano starts playing again. And in this instance, yeah. it's figuring down in the modal nodes. You know, the music stops for a second, and then they're like, "We good." Okay. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. Greedo's head is still sizzling. Uh, Hit it, like, Max. Like fajitas at, on a Chili's <laughs> hot plate. Yeah, right. So that's it, though. That's our list. Um, Lacey, I don't know. Any thoughts on the, on the Greedo scene? No, I, I. it is what it is. McClunky. Are, are you a McClunky fan? Are you a Greedo shooting fan? Or you don't care? It's not that I don't care. I don't think that's the right statement. I care. It's Star Wars. Uh, Indifferent, I should say. It's just a funny moment for... My favorite is sorry about the mess of that sequence because it's the true witty comment from Han Solo. The shooting thing, I definitely think Han shot first. That's the one I watched when I was little. That's what I believe in. And I I just think it opens up the movie into that Luke is in over his head. He's now out of his little farm. And there's a lot of danger in the galaxy. And that's what it kind of mm-hmm. sets the tone of, uh-oh, what is going on? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like All the right. sorry about the mess, but I, I also really like, oh, well, I don't have it here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like he's playing with like the He's stucco picking the stucco. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the, the side, like he's playing with it or something. Like he's like well, that almost was- bored. That yeah. was to distra- I think to distract Greedo because with his other hand he's unbuckling his yeah. blaster. But he does do it. Yeah, I don't. He's like, look it. over here. He, meanwhile, it's <laughs> snap. Harrison it's does crazy. it very, really, really well. Uh, I got it right here. If you guys want to take a look at it, <laughs> I swear he put that on the list just for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um. All right. So that is our list, though, of the twelve best Han Solo moments from our point of view. So let's run through them again here. Uh, Han coming back to save Luke in A New Hope uh, the I Know scene famous scene in Empire Strikes Back the Kessel Run in Solo uh, saving Luke on Hoth that whole scene um, punching out the thugs in TFA and dealing with the Rathars and that whole thing um, running after the stormtroopers and retreating in A New Hope down the corridor 
Han's plan to fool Dryden Voss in Solo on Savarine. Uh, we've got the pilot in Solo, as he tried to convince everyone, including himself. Evading the Empire without light speed in The Empire Strikes Back into the asteroid field. Han Solo pulling his blaster on Vader without hesitation. Uh, Delusions of Grandeur in Return of the Jedi and all thereafter. And Killing Greedo, sorry about the mess, in A New Hope. Those are our Han Solo moments. Again, like like we've been saying, let us know what your picks are. Let us know what you think about our picks. Uh, if you're on Twitter, quote tweet the episode with your favorite Han Solo moment. And uh, let's have some fun. Uh, there, like we said, we can easily do another list or two on, on these Han Solo picks, but I like our collective list. I think we did a Maybe good we'll job we'll do here. other characters too. Yeah, for sure. 12 Leia, 12 Luke kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're not done yet. We have one more segment to get to, so let's fire through that now with Lacey. All right, guys, it's time for the Resistance Transmission. <laughs> I almost said the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the return of resistance transmissions. It is the return of resistance transmissions. All right. The way this works is every week or every other week or every once in a while, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter and you guys give your answers. Uh, And I don't know what it is, so we'll see how it goes. All right. So the scenario is when Grogu chose going home with Din Djarin over becoming a Jedi, how do you think Luke would have reacted if he was still whiny Luke from A New Hope? I wanted to pick up power cores. Okay, uh, Jamie G's up at Roxy Peanut. What up, Jamie? Said, I bet Grogu's dad will let him waste time with his friends. <laughs> I'm going to try to say this as whiny as possible, which shouldn't be hard because it's me. Uh, more, more 5150 at more 5150. What up? They said, oh, no. How could I be so stupid? Blast it. You know, that little guy is going to cause me a lot of trouble leaving like that. Stomp, stomp. <laughs> that's why I that's imagine a, That's doing. a little empire. That's a little <clears throat> uh, like when he's with Yoda kind of mm-hmm. Luke. I, I thought that was a reference to R2 leaving him yeah. in, to, on Tatooine. When C-3PO's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know where he went. You know, that little droid's yeah. going to get me in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah, it, uh, yeah I think it is. I'm just saying that it's it, like... I don't know. I'm here. I'm almost hearing the the Empire Luke, like when he's with. Mm-hmm. He's very whiny yeah, in Empire man. too. So yeah, yeah. 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 I don't Next go to is this place. come on. Kind of yeah. Thing. Next is John Reese at John S. Reese. What up, John? He said, "But we were gonna go to Octo for green milk after you narrowly escaped death at my Jedi Temple." <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a very full sentence. Uh well done. Next is Chopper's Ghost at Chopper's Ghost. He said, "It just isn't fair." Looks like I'm never rebuilding the Jedi now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next is Mark at the kind of vacants. Duh, underscore kind, underscore awakens. What up, Mark? He said, Grogu flies to Tatooine. Luke comments, if there's a right mentor in the universe, you're on the planet that that it's farthest from. (laughs) Nice. I still wonder, though, what happened there. I wonder if they're going to go into it at all because it was very passive aggressive to be like, "Get in the ship, you're out," and then and then R two was like, "Yo, we're I got I got I got places to be. Let's yeah, speed this up." The implied story is that he just chose the armor, but I, I still tend to think in my head that there could There's be other versions of like he chose the lightsaber and then he he gave him the the 
chain mail and other stuff. Like there's other versions. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Just because of the way R2 rushed him. Like it seemed like he needed to send him there and then hurry back, you know? Anyway. Mm. Uh last but not least is Julian Krautinsky at J. Krautinsky, what up, Julian? Said, I guess I will ask my nephew if he wants to become a Jedi. <laughs> See how that goes. <laughs> Guys, Yikes. thank you so He's much. He's 10 times stronger than you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your answers. We really appreciate it. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Definitely tag us in any of your comments or questions or thoughts after the show. Uh, share pictures of you watching the show. Where do you watch the show? We want to know. Uh, let us know. Back to you, John. All right. Um, before we get out of here, uh, a special thank you to our Patreon generals and Spice Runners. Um, it really means a great deal the support that you all give us, especially with events like we said before coming up. Star Wars Celebration, very key for us and uh, hopefully others as things start to open up and hopefully get better in terms of the uh, domestic climate of attending events and that sort of stuff. So a big thank you to our top supporters, our generals and Spice Runners. Generals, Carmelo, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, uh, a.k.a. Darth Broccoli, John Trollton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Shitty, Nathan Shank, Danny, Mike Ramori, who did a great job on the pod race on Monday, Matt Heath, Double C, Chris, Chris White, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you so much. Our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, and Andrew Staley. Thank you, Spice Runners. Thank you to all our patrons. It really means a great deal. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the show on your preferred platforms, wherever that may be, and spread the word. Keep it going. We had a big month. Our last month was one of our biggest months ever for viewers and listeners, so uh, thank you to everybody who's been joining us. It's going to be a hell of a year and a great future, so thank you for being part of TRB. Uh, make sure you're also going to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars NewsNet, and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. We just put out our episode on Batman Begins. Check it out on your favorite podcast app. Lacey. People could find me on Twitter and Instagram <clears throat> at Lacey Gillerin, and this is a long episode, so mm -hmm. if you're still listening, use hashtag Grandeur. <laughs> Granger. All the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, James. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. All right. We hope everyone has a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back with you, as always, on Monday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.